Blue Jackets got their fourth win of the season, and now all of a sudden everything is better, and the Blue Jackets are back on track to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. All is happy in Columbus. We'll talk about that today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Heilsorn. With me is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team in ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before you go, we want to say thank you to our everydayers. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. If you're not already one of our everydayers, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're available on all podcast platforms right here on YouTube and the SiriusXM app. This is an episode that we were both excited about doing because the Blue Jackets actually look good. And it's just their fourth win of the year, which is a little sad to think. But it's, you know, like I was I was looking back, I was like, it feels like the Blue Jackets have had a good start to this season. Like as in the wheels haven't fully fall, fallen off like they did kind of at the end of last year. But things were starting to get a little bumpy there during that four game losing streak. You just wanted the Jackets to have a good outing at home against a good Tampa Bay team. And, well, they got the result they wanted. And maybe it wasn't good all the way through. We'll talk about that today. But certainly you don't get a 4-2 win at home without doing some things right in that game, which is what a lot of Blue Jackets fans just wanted to see. They just wanted to see the Blue Jackets do things right. Um, Jay, first of all, good to see you, man. Uh, what was... What was one thing that went right for you when watching the Blue Jackets game last night? Uh, I mean, so there's a lot of things I could talk about here. Um, I do want to kind of briefly talk a little bit about where they are at this point in the season. They've played 10 games. Um, they only have one win more than they did at this point last season. But last season, at the end of 10 games, they were 3-7. and seven. So they had six points, uh, and they'd lost all seven games in regulation. Uh at this point in the season, they're four, four, and two. They are five hundred. Uh, they've got ten of a possible twenty points, uh, and I think they've looked. They've had some stretches where they've looked kind of miserable, um, but for the most part, I've been really, really happy with how the Blue Jackets have played uh, up to this point in the season. The game against Dallas, I thought, was not great um, for a variety of reasons, but I thought this was a really good game kind of wobbled in the second period and we're still kind of seeing that problem where the Blue Jackets play, you know, 40 minutes of great hockey and then 20 minutes of not so great hockey. Um, this was a, this was a, a solid game. Second period, a little shaky. The Blue Jackets of last year, though, I feel like this is a game that they lose four or five to one. After, you know, after going into the second period up one nothing, allowing two quick goals, um, two bad goals as well, I think. Um, not on Elvis. Uh, I actually, Elvis might be my pick for the thing that I like the most about this game. I thought he was exceptional. Um, both of the goals that he allowed, one of them went off a Blue Jacket skate into the net. I believe it was Jake Bean. The second goal deflected off Emil Bemstrom's skate, I think. And then Connor Sherry just kind of wide open net uh, from about six inches outside of the crease. So, like, neither of these goals are on Elvis. Both of those goals are kind of on the defense. But I have really, really liked Elvis's play last night, uh, 27 of 29 saves. 
I believe, um, or 26 of 28. I can't remember, but he's definitely, he was a big part of that win. He really shut it down, um, especially again in that second period where I believe the Blue Jackets were outshot 12 to 5 or something like that. Um, he came up big in that second period and in the third period when um, Tampa Bay was really kind of pushing. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Erica Branson, who scored his first goal of the season, scored the game winning goal. Um, shout out to him again. He looks like I think I said this the la- on the last episode um, or maybe just on Twitter. He looks like a completely different player to last season, um, which is really, really great to see. Um who knew that playing him like an average of 10 minutes less a game could provide results to a 31 year old stay at home defenseman. So kudos to him. <laughs> kudos to um, Pascal Vincent figuring out how to utilize him properly. Cause I think that's a big thing of it as well. Um, but yeah, lots, lots to like in this game. Uh, how about you? What did, what did you like about this game? Because I know you texted me about halfway through the game, like, <laughs> This team is bad. Everyone is having a bad game. Um, and then obviously they come back to they come back to to win. So what did what did you like about the game as a whole? Yeah, obviously a really roller coaster game from my perspective as a fan, because I thought the Blue Jackets had a had a okay first period. I didn't think they played bad. I didn't necessarily thought they played amazing. I mean, the fact that they got a goal in the first period was huge because it feels like First of all, anytime the Blue Jackets get a goal right now, it's you start just celebrate as much as you can because you don't know when the next one's going to come. But uh, Kirill Marchenko got that first one. Was very curious to see how he would play with Dmitry Vronkov and Cole Sillinger, and Erica Branson even chipped in on that goal a little bit. That was just really great to see. That whole line all night was awesome. Dmitry Vronkov is starting to get NHL level confidence which is really good and can be really dangerous for for other teams um, because he I, I think he is – we're starting to see what Dylan Tyre talked about uh, earlier this week when he was on our show discussing, like, Dmitry Bronkov is just going to be a force in front of the net. He's just going to screen goalies and try to drive home pucks that way, which is what happened in Dallas. So I was really pleased with that. And just the way that Elvis played in that second period, it just – it felt like – it was Tampa Bay on a power play that whole time. And Tampa Bay is actually a really good assist numbers team. They're seventh in the league in assists going to la- going into last night's game. So you just knew that, one, they, the bunch of guys that have been playing together, won multiple cups together, um, maybe have a little chip on their shoulder every time they play the Blue Jackets just because – Blue Jackets are kind of the team that embarrassed them, right? They're kind of the team that before they had any of their cups embarrassed them. And I think a little bit still, there has to be a spot in the Blue Jackets in their heads still. That being said, not a lot of those players are still around. And um, listen, the Blue Jackets were just 4-10 and against the Lightning since they played them in the playoffs uh, the second time. They're 4-10. and So the Lightning have just dominated them in the regular season. I didn't expect the Jackets to win last night. That third period, just everything was tilting Columbus's way. And it was really exciting to watch. I mean, there's just there's nothing really specific about the game that I that I can say I loved because it was all great. Except for the second period when it was a five on five uh Tampa Bay Lightning power play show. 
it got a little dangerous there. Just the team looked tired. I don't know if you yeah. felt like that. I do want to. I do want to shout out the penalty kill though. Um, perfect on the game. Uh, I believe they went what four and four on the on a kill. Uh, five and five. Let me double check that. Um, but I did look up the Blue Jackets are ninth in the league on the penalty kill right now. Uh, they are. They've killed off twenty one of the last twenty three. I believe so. That's definitely going in the right direction. Um, I'm just gonna pull up the the numbers from this game specifically so I get them get them right. Um, but yeah, no, I agree about uh, Voronkov. Um, that line I thought was extremely good. Um, they had, I believe, when those when that line was on the ice, they had 81% of the shot share in in the. Uh, in that kind of ice time. So the Voronkov, Sillinger, Marchenko line, excellent. Um, we're going to talk about Ken Johnson a little bit more, um, probably in the second period, in the second segment and the third segment. Um, but that second line, I thought, was really a line that struggled, um, but a line that I was not expecting to be good, but was, it was this Marchenko, Voronkov, Sillinger line, which was just... Every time they were on the ice, something happened. Um, so the Blue Jackets uh, went 0 for 3. Sorry, the Tampa Bay Lightning went 0 for 3 on the power play against the Blue Jackets. So they killed off three the three penalties that they took. Um, but the power play for the Blue Jackets continues to struggle also. So special teams as a whole, uh, something to, to work on. Power play as a whole, I think, is, is something that needs to needs to be worked on. But... For the most part, really, really happy with how the Blue Jackets are killing penalties um, and how the Blue Jackets are doing defensively as well. Just to kind of call it back to where they were at this point last season. Um, and after 10 games last season, the Blue Jackets had scored 26 goals and allowed 44. At the same point of this season, they've scored 27. So only one more, but they've only allowed... Um, where is it? I've lost them. There we go. Uh, they've allowed 32 goals. So they've they'd allowed 12 more goals at this point last season. So like you can see the defense still has some work to do, but they're doing way better, which is extremely good to see. Yeah, it is really good to see. And that was why we talked about the good things first. But there's still some other things we don't want to see. And we're going to get to those here in just a moment on Locked on Blue Jackets. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped business secure working capital from 5000 to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It says easy process that's it's as easy as a process that you might imagine we invite the many entrepreneurs out there that are locked on nhl fans to learn more by calling us at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com if you're a business owner that needs working capital call call parkview advance today parkview advance helping businesses with their working capital go to parkviewadvance.com to learn more that can be a very helpful tool for you business owners that are locked on to Blue Jack, locked on, locked on Blue Jackets every day. So keep that going. 
Um, and the next one I want to tell you guys about is our friends at Indeed, because if you're a business owner looking to pull together a world-class team, Indeed knows that you're a growing business and you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Indeed knows that finding good people with the right skills makes all the difference when you're hiring a team of one. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your business. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. So visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, back here talking about the Blue Jackets' 4-2 win against the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. They snap a four-game losing streak in the regular season, a three-game losing streak against the Tampa Bay Lightning, so that's good. You get back in their heads a little bit. But more importantly, Jay, the Jackets get two points last night at home, a place where they just hadn't played so good. And honestly, I think Elvis helped them steal a win last night. So. If it weren't for Elvis's great efforts in goal, which I'm going to pull up the stats. Let's see. How did Elvis do last night in net? Uh, Tampa obviously scored twice, and Elvis was a 27 of 29. He stopped 27 of 29 shots, 0.931 save percentage. It's the best he's looked all season, and that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. But then again, I felt like that game was dangerously close to being tilted the other way like you said a 5-1 4-1 kind of game um in that second period is really where things started to look bad and Elvis held his own didn't give up a goal in the in the second period uh he no Tampa Bay got both their goals in the second <laughs> period excuse me but for the most part he held on uh and didn't allow a huge third period but what were some things that uh maybe have you scratching your head still with this team I certainly have a couple of things but we'll, we'll start with you first um, I think the big one for me is uh, Ivan Provorov, who, for the most part, has been quite good for the Blue Jackets this season. Um, he's had a couple of rough games. I think this was probably one of his worst games, um, especially defensively. I have no, I have no problems with uh, Ivan Provorov offensively. I believe he's actually leading the team in points right now with, uh, I want to say, nine. He's definitely leading the team in assists. Hasn't scored a goal yet, um, but he was off. <clears throat> excuse me, he was on the ice for both goals against uh, the first one. He was caught pinching, uh, couldn't get back in time. Uh, uh, Jake Bean did what he could, but in trying to sh shut down the pass, ended up deflecting the puck in the net. Uh, the second goal, uh, Connor Sherry was right there. Um, do I think that, uh, that Ivan Provorov could have stopped that goal? Maybe, maybe not. Again, it was one of those goals that bounced in a weird way after going off Emil Bemstrom's skate, but... Ivan Provorov just he wasn't doing it for me in this game, uh, which is a shame because, like I said, we had reservations going into the season about Ivan Provorov uh, on defense, but he's kind of he's put a lot of my doubts to rest. But he has, I think, that was probably his weakest game. Um, I think he and Juracek both struggled in that game, and again, that's something that I'm not used to to looking at is. Um, is, is uh, David Juracek having a rough game? Because I think he's been, again, another bright spot for this team. 
Um, completely agree with uh, with Elvis. Um, he's currently rocking a 902 save percentage and a 2.97 goals against average, which considering last season he finished with an 876 and a 4.23 goals against uh, average, he was he's been very good for this team so far. Um, not his best performance, but definitely his best performance uh, playing a full 60 minutes and getting the win. He had a 943 against Philadelphia, but they lost. He had a 960 against the Rangers, but they only play. He only played two periods because he got sick. Um, beat the Wild despite having a um, nine an 857. Lost in overtime against Anaheim and Montreal despite. Uh, he had and he had an eight eight nine and an eight sixty two. Had an eight seventy five in the loss against Dallas. So yeah, this might have been his most complete game so far. Um, but more importantly than that, he's giving this team a chance to win. He's not necessarily winning games yet, but he's giving them a chance to win, and that's really all you need from Elvis. Um, how about you? Was there anything that you specifically? Didn't like. I know I talked a little bit about Provorov, which was something that we both kind of wanted to touch on. But um, is there anything else that you're looking at this game and you're like, we need to do better? Well, real quickly, back to your point about Elvis there, uh, which was a point off of my point. So we're just, you know, passing the puck back and yeah. forth here, Jay. And I, I just want to also say, if Elvis doesn't have that second period that he had, and I know he gave up two goals, but a couple of those were just bad plays that happened in the offensive zone where the Jackets had a real good opportunities. They choked and were caught on an odd man rush the other way. Provorov was in one of those cases way down low. As you said, he had pinched down low, made an error and the puck went the other way and it led to a goal. So Elvis, if he doesn't play the way he played in that second period, the Jackets don't win that game because they were going into the third period down two to one you have a chance to win. Like, that's the thing. Like, you're not going into the third period against a good Tampa Bay team down 3-0 or something like that, or even down 3-1. to Like, that's that's even a much bigger of a mountain than 2-1, to obviously. So the fact that the Blue Jackets – the fact that Elvis kept the Blue Jackets in that game is what led them to go and have a decent third period. They didn't even have to have that good of a third period. They just had to find the net – a couple of times nationwide got on their side. That is so funny to say, be it that that is their old slogan, but it's true. The, the Schwide was on their side last night. Fifth liners were out and uh, representing. And uh, yeah, that it can be that easy. It can be that simple to beat a team like Tampa Bay. Who's really good. And as a blue jackets fan, you're really excited about what you saw at Elvis. It just goes to show though, all off season, Jay, we talked about like Elvis needs to be the most improved player. And he was that last night. So, but to forget about all that and to talk about some of the bad that we saw, which we're just going to have to push into the next segment is Kent Johnson. And the fact that he got benched for, I believe a majority of that third period. He, he missed the had, last 14 minutes of the game, I believe. Yeah. So Something's happening there. Obviously, the news that he is being sent to Cleveland is not great for him. Uh, great for the Blue Jackets because hopefully they get a better player right now in Igor Chinikov. I don't think I don't think Igor Chinikov is a better hockey player than Ken Johnson, but right now he might be because something's going on with Ken Johnson and we need to figure it out because 
he's kind of the dudes that I lock into my head. Like if the Blue Jackets are ever going to win a Stanley Cup, if the stars are ever going to align and it's going to work out, Kent Johnson is kind of in that picture. So we need to talk about him, and we're going to do that uh, up next on Locked on Blue Jackets. Well, guys, it's that time of the year where things can start to get really stressful and it's natural to kind of feel sadness or anxiety about just life in general. You know, the holidays are coming up. It can be a lot of pressure to have to buy gifts for people. Uh, And it's just it can be a stressful time of the year. You know, money can be a little tight, but try adding something new and positive to your life to counteract some of those feelings can be really good. Therapy can be a really bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to even, something to make you feel grounded and give you the tools to manage everything going on. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited towards your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime with no additional charge. If you don't like your one that you have, you can switch very easily. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today, and you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right. The Blue Jackets made a little transaction today. It was sending forward Ken Johnson up 71 to Cleveland. And I know it's always confusing because sending up usually means going to the NHL, but I just, I have a geography. I have a map of Ohio in my brain and sending up to Cleveland just makes sense to me. So sorry. Uh, And Igor Chinikov is coming to Columbus to make his season debut as a Blue Jacket. He started the year with the Monsters. I, I even believe he started the year missing a couple games due to injury. So to have him in Columbus, is going to be exciting, but it has people scratching their heads. Like what is going on with Kent Johnson? Because also news broke this week that he decided to change his representation. And while it doesn't mean a whole lot necessarily, people are starting to freak out because Kent Johnson changes representation to Pat Brisson, who currently represents Blue Jacket Adam Fantilli and uh, future Blue Jacket Luca Del Belbelous, but it also he's also an agent that represents former Blue Jacket standouts that left that requested trades from Columbus like Matthew Shane, Alexander Wenberg, Seth Jones, and Pierre Luc Dubois. So naturally, Blue Jackets fans just started freaking out. Like this guy is aligning himself with a dude that has burned us in the past. Pat Brisson is apparently known for playing hardball with general managers. And so people are making the connection. Maybe he's trying to get out of Columbus. Maybe Ken Johnson is trying to request a trade. First of all, Jay, before we dive into any of that, your thoughts on just the transaction the Blue Jackets made today and maybe if that happens to be connected to Ken Johnson uh, changing his representation. So I kind of have two conflicting opinions here which is that i don't think that ken johnson's play has deserved being sent down um he has been uh the uh i mean i pulled it up and then immediately lost it um everyone take a drink um he has been the okay he's been the 10th best blue jacket in terms of 
shot share percentage. Um, but the Blue Jackets have had 24 players play so far. So he's like in the upper half. Currently, he's at 51%, Corsi 4 percentage. Um, in terms of like individual stuff, he's basically breaking even in terms of like expected goals for. Um, he's breaking even on a lot of stuff. Uh, high danger Corsi chances, high danger goals, he's actually at 60% on. He's shooting at about 6.7%. So, like, that's going to go up. Uh, his career shooting percentage, he was shooting at 12% last year um so you know it's it's gonna go up a little bit he's probably gonna regress he's going through a little bit of a slump right now but i don't necessarily think that his play is like wow this guy needs to be sent down um he was not good last night um i understand him getting benched um which is a weird thing because when john tortorella did it i was like vehemently against it but then i look at okay pascal vincent benched damon Severson the big free agent signing that the Blue Jackets had this offseason. Um, technically, it was a sign and trade, but, you know. Um, and he's been exceptional since he got benched for that full third period. You know, Ken Johnson, he's been healthy, scratched a couple of games. Um, obviously, he got scratched. He got benched after that turnover. So I don't think he had the best game. And I'm not convinced that sending him down is, like, what I would do. That being said, Ken Johnson is 20 years old. This is his second full NHL season. Getting sent down to Cleveland is not a death sentence. It is, we want to see more from you. It is, go and play top-line minutes in Cleveland, because he what he, he wasn't going to make the top six in Columbus right now. Um, for whatever reason, he's been playing mostly on the third line or healthy scratched. Give him top six minutes in Cleveland. Let him dominate there because I fully expect him to dominate in Cleveland. I don't necessarily think he needs to build some confidence. I think it's he needs to build confidence in other people for himself, if that makes sense. He needs to he needs to show the team that he can be this dominant player. I don't think he needs to do it for himself because I think Ken Johnson is the kind of player that like that kid's got so much confidence that it's hard to break. Um, I think this is a good thing. For him, do I would I have done it? No, but I think this is going to be a good thing for him. Uh, go down to Cleveland, dominate. Maybe he spends five to ten games down there. Um, and importantly as well, I believe, I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but I believe Ken Johnson is only about four or five NHL games away from requiring waivers to be sent down. So send him down now while you still can. He hangs out there for, you know, maybe as long as a month or two months. Bring him back up. See what you've got. Um, Pascal Vincent talked about it. He's like, yeah, we think Ken Johnson is a tremendous player. We think that sending him to Cleveland, he's going to play more minutes, uh, which he needs to do at a young age. Like, people act like sending someone to the AHL is like the end of their development, and that's simply not true. So I understand everyone kind of being worried about this, especially in conjunction with uh, the agent news. Everyone's terrified of Pat Brisson, um because he was the agent for Seth Jones and Pierre-Luc Dubois, both of whom asked out of, uh, of Columbus. Um, but I'm not worried. If he spends the rest of the season down there, maybe I'll be worried. But I also think, and I tweeted about this on the podcast Twitter uh, a little bit earlier today, um, if they'd sent Cole Sillinger down last season earlier, 
instead of healthy scratching him and benching him and playing him on the fourth line for like eight minutes a night, would he have had the season that he had? Probably not. So this feels, um, what's the word I want? Proactive, I think, as opposed to reactionary, which the Blue Jackets have been reactionary for a long time. Um, and I think this shows like, uh, it shows proactiveness. It shows accountability. And uh, I don't know. I, I, again, I want to reiterate, this is not the move I would have made. I do not disagree with this move at all. Um, I don't know if you have any kind of thoughts to to build off that. I know I did just kind of go on a, a four minute rant, which, you know, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say I wouldn't be doing this move either because I'm a big believer in Kent Johnson and Kirill Marchenko need to be in the lineup pretty much every single night. Like the Blue Jackets just aren't creative enough offensively without those guys. I feel like, especially not having Patrick Liney out there and you're taking more off. I just, I don't know exactly, but you're right. He's 20 years old. And if that is true about him being only a few NHL games away from being waiver exempt, which means, yeah, you can't send him back to Cleveland anymore. Then yeah, send him to Cleveland. Sure. That's helpful. I also think the Blue Jackets are getting a good weapon back in Igor Chinikov. I think Igor Chinikov, like he got kind of to say it to say the least, but also the most, he kind of got screwed going back to Cleveland to start the season. Like I felt like he was a lock-in NHL guy going into this year, but you started to count up the wingers the Blue Jackets had, and you're like, oh, it's going to be a little bit tighter than that. And I just feel like he's had he has four points in three games, three goals in three games. He deserves it. He deserves a call up. Maybe he can add something to your to your lineup. I mean, Ken Johnson hasn't been producing the most in the world. He has three points in eight games. But if you're substituting three points in eight games for a guy that's been a point a game in the AHL, you kind of expect him maybe to contribute in the same way, maybe even more. But um and then if it's less, then you just do the simple transaction back and it is whatever. But that's the thing. Um, you've got to you've got to think, and sorry to kind of cut you off there, but you've got to think that Kent Johnson is going to be the first guy to get it. The Blue Jackets need an extra body. Someone gets injured. Someone else is underperforming. The Blue Jackets need to make a call to Cleveland. You've got to think that Kent Johnson is going to be the first guy they call, you know? Um, and I also want to, before I, I lose this this thought, um, Nick Blankenberg was kind of a surprise to be sent down to Cleveland. He, again, he kind of got screwed by the fact that he doesn't require waivers to to go down, um, despite the fact that he's probably better than some of the defensemen that they have on the NHL roster right now. He has six points in seven games. He's eighth in the entire league in, uh, excuse me, he's tied for fourth in the entire AHL for scoring by defensemen. Two goals, four assists. Um, he's doing exactly what he needs to do to develop as a player, to show the team that he can play in the NHL. Um, and I fully agree about Igor Chinikov as well. Um, I think he's a very different player to Ken Johnson. He doesn't have that kind of raw skill and creativity, but he's got a hell of a shot. And he feels like a player that is really going to thrive in Pascal Vincent's system. Um, I don't really have any kind of logic or reasoning behind my my thought i just kind of have that vibe of he feels like a guy that's going to thrive in pascal vincent's uh system so 
we'll, we'll do... see, I guess. I expect him to be in the lineup tomorrow night against not the Rangers. I don't know why I'm I don't know why I'm convinced that they're playing the Rangers tomorrow night. I know that they're playing <laughs> the Capitals. Um yeah. but we could also get the fun of an all-Russian line. I don't know that they should break up Cole Sillinger from that line, but the idea of a Voronkov, Chinakov, Marchenko line does seem extremely fun. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just excited for Eager Bombs again. Like yes. Eager Bombs, Eager Bombs, I know my wife's not really excited about those because they usually make me, you know, I have to I'll yeah, slap you don't, her. Don't, don't, don't smack, don't smack it's my It's a sports hand slap. Goals, it's a sports but... slap, not a, not a DV slap. So let's get that one right. All right. Uh, that's enough for today's episode. Uh, tomorrow we will be previewing it's game day. Tomorrow is Saturday. So it's Blue Jackets versus Capitals. Why not talk about that one? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode as we broke down the Blue Jackets 4-2 win over Tampa Bay. As always, thank you to the everydayers for making this podcast possible. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at HaydenH971. You can find Jay there as well at underscore J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. The show is on there as well at LO underscore Blue Jackets. As always, Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're free right here on YouTube and the Sirius XM app. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.